Okay, cheers. Cheers. Everybody. Cheers. We're finally all on the same page and we all have a drink today. Congratulations yes, to us. <laughs> this is for a Wednesday recording where Allie and I were just talking. It feels like it should be at least Thursday and it's, it's Wednesday. The worst feeling. It is the worst feeling. It always throws me off really, really hard. Usually, and I, I think it's just this stage in my career, I'm actually wishing for like one more weekday because I have so much to do. Uh, and, and this week, it feels like it should be one less weekday. And then I remember it's only Wednesday. Ah, I'm sorry. It's never the right balance. But what's happening in the world? What should we start with today? I think we should start with Barbie drama. It's a little late, but it's still relevant. So let's talk about the Barbie drama. So I put this on here because um, I've only, I've been seeing stuff in passing on Instagram. <laughs> and I don't know if it's too late, but my understanding of the issue is because she wasn't nominated and, and Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, <laughs> one of the Ryans. Right. And, was, and she being Margot Robbie, Barbie. Yeah. And um, the director, what's her name? Greta Gerwig. Uh, yeah. yeah. There was issue with both of them. I'm curious what you all think slash thought about that. I have so many thoughts and opinions, but I will reserve them. Why? No. Go, by Say all them means. all. I feel like I'm always going off on here. Can somebody else go first? I, I need a few more sips. I feel like I can't because I, I feel very mixed about it, I think. Um I don't know. I I I can't go. I can't go first. <laughs> I I, okay. did, I didn't see Barbie. I actually didn't see a lot of the movies that were nominated last year. So I'll just give that caveat that I'm just like a pure outsider slash just a general woman. Um, <laughs> general, general woman, Allie Decker. <laughs> I don't. I'm just, reporting I don't live. That's my only like qualification here. Um, okay. I think it's interesting because it, to me, it's not as simple as like women versus men. Like to mm, me, uh, Ryan Gosling's nomination is not a like it's not directly in competition with Margot or Greta's nominations. Like I understand the argument in that like he got nominated and they didn't. But to me, it's like margot robbie versus the other leading actresses you know and i'm like there were what six other women that were nominated and that in my opinion should still be celebrated um but that's as far as my brain has taken me yeah (laughs) i think that's where my like mixed feelings come in because like i just it got so much bigger than just did they deserve to be nominated it got turned into this whole narrative around women versus men and like Ken got nominated and not Barbie, which I get to an extent. Um, but I saw so much, I saw so many like tweets and articles pitting her against, um, the other women who were nominated saying like, well, maybe if she had done X, Y, Z, like this other actress, then maybe she would have gotten a spot, but it just turned into this whole, I just feel like people like to grab onto things and make it a lot bigger than it is sometimes. And this was an example of it became the popular topic of the day to like snowball. Uh, I don't know. It just, it got way more. I don't know. It just got way too big. I think the conversation around it. 
I retweeted somebody who basically paraphrased the whole America Ferrera speech that she gives in the movie, which is like all the things that women need to juggle and like how it's unfair. And I I think it's true. I think it's probably really disappointing because it was such a big cultural phenomenon. However, I just don't know that that's a reason for somebody to get nominated. I feel like it's probably still very much based on merit. And while she did have a really great performance compared to the others, which again, I I don't know what they all are. I don't think I've even seen them all. Um, Maybe they just felt like the others were stronger competitors based on the craft of acting. And so I suppose I should arrive at that conclusion, but I think I did get a little wrapped up in the what the fuck of it all because I was like, it was so humongous, like culturally, culturally for everybody this summer and beyond that, that I felt like how, especially the Greta snub, especially, you know, because she is a female director and this was really big and it's another building block within this career that she's making for herself. So for her to not get a nod, mm, that didn't feel great. But yeah. again, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's hard not to get caught up because it was this perfect narrative just sitting on a platter of like, yeah, Ken got nominated and Barbie did it. And like, that's the mm-hmm. exact, you know, outrage point of the movie. Um, yeah. So I get why it kind of snowballed. And I will say I, I feel more about the Greta thing because I, I'm glad at least that she got the nomination for, I think it's adapted screenplay or something. Um, so like Barbie did get nominated, it got nominated for best picture, I believe. Um, so it did get some nods, but I do think the narrative just spiraled fully out of control. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if it even would have been a conversation had the Ken thing not been a nomination, you know? Yeah. And there are, there are so many movies that are made year over year that serve the purpose that they do without making it to the Oscar stage. And that doesn't mean they're not valuable. But I think that definitely was like, oh, shit, here we yeah. go. <laughs> I think I think it made me more sad that America Ferrera got, like, I don't know, she got so overshadowed. Her nomination got so overshadowed by yeah. all the drama, which I feel is unfortunate. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Um, but ah. speaking of real life, Barbie, she's going to the Super Bowl next weekend. And I mean <laughs> Taylor Swift when I say that. Real life Barbie. She is. I mean, if you think about it, like, she's Barbie. She's our current Barbie. She is. She is. I would agree. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited for a Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Um, I watched the game, which I never do, but I watched it because I was like, I'm pretty sure this decides who goes to the Super Bowl, and it did. It does. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly what the AFC Championship does. (laughs) Great. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad I tuned in. Success. Yeah. Um, you guys are funny. So yeah. And my I have a friend who is like very into football and she does fantasy football and stuff. And so she was saying, like, don't expect the Chiefs to win. Um, the other guys are much Why? better. I already forgot who they played. Um Brock, did, she said other Brock guys. Purdy. She said Brock Purdy was better than Patrick Mahomes. Um, the 49ers? Well, no. Uh, whoever's <laughs> is like, shit, I don't know. Oh, you're talking Why about you the game. Why are you asking me questions? You're talking about the game, you're talking about the game itself. You're talking yeah. about the Who did they just play? The, the Ravens. Yeah. The Ravens. Okay. So, What color are they? 
Purple. Purple. Purple team. Go purple team. Purple team. Um, (laughs) So my friend was saying that she was like before this game, she was saying the Ravens were probably going to win because they were the better team. So don't expect the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Um, But it was an upset. It was an upset. That's the only football team right now. The real focus of that game, though, was the ending kiss between her and Travis Kelsey. So I think that truly finally broke me as far as <laughs> they both look very happy. And as much as I've been praying for their downfall, I think this- what? <laughs> okay, look, here's the rub for me. I thought you were in like the neutral camp like me where I was just like, cool. I think I was trying to be neutral for you guys, but I think secretly I was like, my problem with <laughs> this is going to be so spicy. People are going to hate me saying this. Oh god. But Travis Kelsey has golden retriever energy, and if you ask me, a golden retriever is a pet, not a lover. That is my spicy take. I don't think he's right for her because I don't know how to say anything less unkind. He like, has golden retriever. Anything else I say is going to be mean. But he's 6-5 and independently wealthy. Like He's fine. He but his brain, his brain is what a, that's the his problem. body though. His does he have one? Yes, he does. Those 2012 had- tweets are irrelevant. <laughs> he, yeah, we were all we were all low key dummies, Mis- misspelling in- words <laughs> immensely a lot. <laughs> he misspelled squirrel. I mean, he laughed about it. He called himself out. So props Look, for that. But he still, he has a good. He was a grown ass man. He has a heart of gold. He has an amazing sister-in-law who's totally normal. Kylie. Mm. I know nothing winning about with that. Oh, yeah. Jason's wife. Um, yeah. And well, he, let's talk about let's talk about the golden retriever energy though. Yeah, okay. Am I wrong? I, I have questions though. I I thought about this. Like I see a lot of people talk about golden retriever energy. I usually see it as a very good thing. Like all these girls are like, I want a boyfriend who has golden retriever energy. But like what does that what does that mean to y'all? First of all, because I don't even. <laughs> I, have, I have some. I have some spicy takes. Okay, okay. Ali, you go. I want to hear what I, golden retriever energy means to y'all. I, uh, Kaylee, can you close your ears? La, 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 la. I don't like golden retrievers as pets. Like I think that the dogs are precious. I don't think I would like one because I just I don't know. They, yeah, Brooks is thing. Brooks is incredible. Um, and I would love to snuggle with all of them, but that wouldn't be my dog of choice. So from like an energy perspective for an, for a person, I I don't know, as a man, it, it feels like it represents like a pretty mindless, just like man that's just there with you. I don't, I would never want my partner to be associated with an animal to begin with. Um, but I don't necessarily see it as like, I don't see it as anything. I'm just like, Positive, negative, neutral, whatever, you know? Okay. Um, that's as far as my I've gotten with that. Okay. Okay. Here's okay. here's my assessment of golden, okay. golden retriever energy. I think a golden retriever is like, adores you, just wants to make you happy, doesn't want to debate with you, just wants to be around you, and, you know, just happy to be here, which some people love that. Some people have had difficult relationships. And so they're like, I want to be with somebody who's, who keeps it simple. I I don't have to play games. I don't have to guesswork. That's not for me. 
personally. I want somebody who's going to challenge me, who's going to push back, who's going to try to make me better, um, who's like intelligent and has their own interests and doesn't want to just like go on a walk with me, which is nice. There's nothing wrong with that. I just, I think for me, like if I were Taylor Swift, I I would be like, you are so lovely, but this is never going to work. But how do you know, how do you know what he's like not in front of the camera? I mean, I don't, I don't. This is all assumption. Here's the thing. I think she has never dated the golden retriever type. I think in the past she has dated potentially more of the type of person that you're talking about. Like, I don't know, artsy fartsy John Mayer or whoever else. Joe Allen, the guy she just dated, white bread, artsy fartsy, another artsy fartsy. Like nobody else that she's dated has had golden retriever energy. Like that's fair. Nobody. I just, it's so different for her. And it probably is a breath of fresh air because she's like, this guy is hot and he is not embarrassed to be with me. And he is like, um, doesn't take himself too seriously. He's successful, which Aside from John Mayer, I guess none of her ex-boyfriends have been. Um, so I don't know. I like it for her. I think it's a good balance. Um, I think he is probably smarter than you're thinking. Like I because he's such a successful, like you I just think you have to be smart to be so successful at what you do, no matter what it is. Like you just have to be operating at a higher level. So right. And we've talked know. about this before on the yeah. podcast about, yeah, w- w- people can go back and revisit that conversation if they want. I just think, yeah, if it were me, I'd be like, I, but then again, I don't know. I've never dated a golden retriever energy type of person. I've always been like, I can fix you or I can make you better or um, let me drive you fucking insane with all of my weird random thoughts. Do you enjoy them? I feel like for me personally, like, I just want, and maybe that, maybe that's too, maybe that's a problem. Maybe I should want golden retriever energy. Now I'm questioning everything. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know anything anymore. I will say, I think my definition of it is potentially a little different. I've never related it to like, like being a happy dummy. I've always related it more to like, they are very, like, I guess, like you said, like adores you and loyal and just like play. F- I don't know. I- I've never related it to intelligence, I guess, because I thought okay. golden retrievers are actually very smart. No, they are. They are. But they also yeah. like run into walls and like <laughs> bark at squirrels and okay. eat goose poop off the ground. Okay. I mean, that's mm. fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Pros and cons, just like anything. Pros and cons, man. Pros and cons. Anyways, so I'm glad I'm glad we've addressed that. Um, <laughs> I was on my mind. I also want to talk about the new Ariana Grande song, which is called Yes And. I have been listening to it over and over again because I really like it. However, it also sounds very reminiscent of Madonna's song Vogue, which is a very old song at this point. So for people who have never heard it before, apologies, you might want to look it up. But it's so interesting because it's like everything is circular. Everything... 
all art is derivative is what, what it made me think of. And so what do you guys think about that? Why does that happen so much? So first of all, I will say I'm pretty sure she literally sampled Vogue. Like, I think there's like a, like, I think there's some sort of, I don't know if she fully sampled it, but she definitely took, she had to credit it in her songwriting. Oh, the, the, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's probably why it has Vogue vibes. Okay. But. Good to know. I, I know. Uh, haven't heard Vogue. <laughs> um, I could tell. It's very similar. By the smile I haven't on heard, your face. I haven't heard this Ariana Grande song either. Um, <clears throat> but I. I follow this one DJ on Instagram and people might be picturing him talking about, he's like this bald light skinned guy who like has his DJ table and then he'll like do the pointing thing. Um, but he did this video the other day of like 12 songs in 23 that sampled music that was older. And it was a lot of music like, um, the Jack Harlow song, Lovin' on me sampled, sampled something from the two thousands. Um, other music that I've definitely heard before. And there's like this undertone of like this classic. Uh, and yeah, I think it's prevalent now. I don't know. I mean, it's a larger conversation about art these days, both movies and songs, just like either remakes or like rehashing popular things. Um, and I don't know if it's like a negative thing where like, is there anything original anymore? Like you could really go down that path if you really wanted to, which I, I think there definitely is original stuff. Or it's a it's a ploy at catching people's ears, like things that they already recognize. That's a good point. And like drawing them in yeah. on, and then building on that. So I think it's more the latter. But I That's know, a good like, one. I'd love to know what that conversation is like of like you're writing a song and you're like, I love this melody. Like, do you talk to, I mean, some of these artists aren't even alive anymore. Uh, I mean, Madonna is, but I don't know. How does that process go? I'm so curious. Yeah. I'd love to know behind the scenes how that works. I know. Yeah, I feel like I definitely notice it a lot more because artists now are starting to sample songs that I grew up with, that we grew up with. Um, But I know that it still happened in like the 90s and 2000s because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I remember like a lot of rap used to sample like Motown and other like disco songs from the 70s. -hmm. So, yeah, I I love it. I love it because I feel like... You said, Allie, it helps immediately bring me in to the song. Sometimes I can struggle. I like my like musical comfort zones. And sometimes I can struggle with like forcing myself to get into new music. But that is something that immediately draws me in and I'm like already into it. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. But it's like the nostalgia factor of, oh, I like the way this song makes me feel in my body, it takes me back to a moment in time. And it does capture that when it's using the same structure, format, model, even chords and like sounds. It's all very constructed the same way, which is smart, really. Like if you find something that people love and that's wildly successful, why not recreate that and put your own spin on it? It's probably like the biggest compliment. um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. If you like create a bunch of original music and then someone 30 years down the line who's doing something new chooses to bring yours into the fold that's got to be a plus right i don't think so yeah especially when the original is so polar opposite sometimes like when rap Mm -hmm. would sample motown i really like those types of it's like creativity in and of itself Mm -hmm. finding a place for that Mm -hmm. i'll have to send you guys instagram video i found it was like 
uh, a Dua Lipa song, a, a Doja Cat, the, the painted the town red. Oh yeah, uh, the, like the walk on by that's playing in uh-huh. the background when in the chorus oh, yes. is yeah. is a sample. Um, there were a couple other songs uh, that I was like, oh shit, I had no idea. It's just I thought it was just part of the song. Yeah, so crazy. Nice. Um, so speaking of remaking and redoing, <laughs> transitions nicely into our our next <laughs> conversation. A plus transition. <laughs> Thank was, you so much. That's good. <clears throat> which is talking about plastic surgery, which we kind of teased last week, which is the opportunity to remake your face or tweak your face or sample other whatever you decide faces. to do. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I wanna I wanna preface this with giving kind of the the Cliff's notes on what the final theme was for this book that I finished that I talked about last week. It's basically, again, for people who missed it, it's people um, who want to basically undo all of the uh, manipulations, modifications, plastic surgery, whatever, in one surgery. That's the premise of this fictional piece. It's like you can go to Aesthetica, get this procedure, and go back to how you would have looked if you would have never had anything done. And so the theme of the book, now that I finish, is a few, three, like three main things. So number one is that beauty standards change. So when we have permanent changes made to our faces and bodies, we may eventually come to regret them when the tide turns. So like Kardashians, perfect exa- example, right? It was like, be very curvy, be like thick. And then all of a sudden it shifted to, oh, we want to look slim and like not so curvy. And so then you saw their bodies change. So that was a parallel that was drawn. Um, number two was aging is a privilege and it's a sign of like weathering time on the planet and we should embrace that experience and the features that we're born with so that our parents and grandparents and ancestors have all passed down to us over the years that make us who we are. And then the third one is touching on the fact that even though some of these procedures are kind of non-invasive as far as like Botox or um, just like things that dissolve over time, things that aren't super permanent. Even those have long-term altering effects on our face and our musculature as we age. So it really does require this rigorous upkeep, upkeep or progressive additional elements to keep look consistent over time. So for example, it's talking about like if you are doing stuff for the top half of your face, but neglecting the bottom half, eventually you're going to have to start doing things to the bottom half as well. So it doesn't look like you have two different ages of faces because everything's being pulled down with time. It's just gravity. It's part of the aging process. And so I wanted to talk about this because I've personally had some things done. I won't get into what specifically, nothing insane, nothing super invasive, but it stirred up a lot of feelings for me. And so I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, these are, oh man, I feel like it's all over the place. Like it's literally everywhere. It is. Um, every time I get on freaking Instagram, there's some new like aesthetic nurse or some like plastic surgeon talking about before and after or like, look at this. There's even these treatments where you go in and you just let them do whatever. And then you like, you leave and you like look better. No, it kind of scares me because I find my, I find my, it's not like without uh, rhyme <laughs> okay. or reason. Usually it's like older people that's like facelift, filler, blah, blah, blah. Or it's like three milliliters of filler, like three syringes. And it's like, look how much better they look. 
I don't know. But then I'm like, who am I to judge? Like, I don't right. know. No I judgment. Don't know them. Judgment-free zone for sure. Do whatever you want to do. I think it was just, I kind of wanted to talk about the underside of all this and the things that kind of go unsaid because it is so normalized now. And it is so, I mean, you, like you said, you see it everywhere. We personally participate in it. Krista, I'm not speaking for you, but um, it's, it's complicated. It stirs up a lot of complicated feelings. I will tell you that the first time I ever had anything done, I left bawling. I left just absolutely wrecked. And I think it just stirred up a lot of emotions for me about like, why am I doing this? Why did I feel the need to? I felt a lot of shame. I felt a lot of guilt. I felt, I don't know. It just, it really kind of rocked me. Yeah. It's complex. I have a few folks in my life who've gotten things done and they, it was something like a nose or a body feature that was just, would just haunted them their whole life. And to get it fixed or whatever was just incredible. Like their self-esteem was just reborn. Um, Never thought about it again. It's now just like a new part of them. And I think like that kind of technological and like medicinal advance, um, what's the word? Those kind of things that have become part of our society. I think those are positives, like having the choice. If you have the means to fix something that has always bothered you, I just feel like the why outside of that, like the why is always so nebulous, especially if you don't have someone in your life. That's like, let's talk about it, you know? Um, or if you don't have the wherewithal or the self-awareness to like think about it <laughs> before yeah. you do it, uh, that's where I feel like it can get kind of scary. I think you should definitely do your homework. I think that's kind of my big takeaway is like do the homework, really research the crap out of it. Ask a lot of questions to people who have had the procedures or whatever it is that you're thinking about. And then, like you said, have that conversation about why, because that was something I didn't do. And so it happened in real time for me as, as I was getting them done. And I think that was extremely overwhelming and I wished that I would have. And then after I had it, I didn't tell anyone for a long time because I had all those negative emotions wrapped up in it that I just kind of buried it. And I think that made it worse. Um, it has not stopped me from doing things in addition, once I had that first negative experience, a lot less, of course. Um, but now after reading this book, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do it anymore. I feel like I should, I maybe just want to roll with it. Like my face, it being my face. We'll yeah. see though. Yeah. I do think like a couple of things come to mind. Like one, I think, um, <clears throat> there's this, like, there's be- <laughs> We've lost a sense of monoculture in our society, as we discussed in another episode, but now there's become this very um, singular, it's kind of merged this idea of beauty into this like one pinnacle idea, which you said yourself, like it's always changing, but it's, it's like always changing. Like the, the definition of like beautiful or what I imagine our younger generations are defining as such through what they see online. There's a lot of, um, everyone kind of looks the same (laughs) and like what you said about like uh, receiving features from our ancestors and like really having things that make us just uniquely beautiful. I feel like some of that stuff is being kind of scrubbed out um, if it doesn't fit within this ideal, but the downside is that ideal is always changing. So like it's hard to keep up with the status quo or keep up with like um, what's trending. 
Something else I'll say that I've learned is like, and I see it a lot in like my personal life and like my friend group and just my, my circle. And then on Instagram is like <clears throat> getting into esthetician work is actually quite easy. Um, as is like, obviously nursing school is no walk in the park, but you can become a nurse practitioner and do that. And I, I think that there's, a, there's a lot to be said about how low the barrier of entry is now. Um, and I also wouldn't rely on your injector to help you answer the question of why. <laughs> right. Um, Cause they are incentivized to tell you to do it. There are some folks I've seen on Instagram that like, here are the questions to ask your injector. Here are the questions to ask yourself. Like I would never do X, Y, Z. Someone asked me to do it without going through this process, but it's kind of like a self, uh, you have to do it yourself. Like the injectors have no incentive to do that. So I don't know. That's something else is like not to really rely, like don't walk in and be like, what would you do? (laughs) Cause that's just, which is exactly what I did, (laughs) which is exactly what I did. And so she was like, here's the full list. And I was like, well, you're the expert. I I must need all these things. You know, I went in very like uneducated, completely uneducated. And I think walking out of that appointment and then having the after effects of like, I have a very expressive face when I talk and having a lot of my face paralyzed or manipulated in some way, it really lessened the expressions that I could make. And that really hurt my soul because I was like, that's me. Like I like to raise my eyebrows when I talk. And I, I like that I hold one of my eyebrows higher than the other all the time. I, you know, those are like quirks about me that I think are part of my communication. And the fact that I felt inhibited in my communication really hurt me. And so that was the thing. That was the why that I didn't answer of like, why am I doing this? I just thought, oh, well, it's temporary and I'm, you know, I'm getting wrinkles and I want to prevent them. You know, it's marketed as preventative. And so I was like, oh, that makes sense. Right. And then I walked away and I, my face was frozen and I was like, oh no, like, look, like, you know, you can't make those expressions that really enforce how you feel about something when you're talking about it. And that is something that not a lot of people talk about. Yeah. Well, we are. And it's not comfortable, but it's really important. Right. It's uncomfortable, but it's, again, it's like, if you want to do it, do it. Just right. like make sure that you, you have thought about it thoroughly before you do it. Yeah. That's my takeaway. Krista, any thoughts here? <laughs> I, this is a world I know nothing about. I have nothing to offer this conversation. <laughs> okay. Okay. The, the literal, like the closest thing that I can relate to is when I did Invisalign, um, what was it? The second one that you said, uh, embracing the features that our parents and ancestors gave us. It was like hard for me to even do Invisalign because I was just like, I don't know. These are my teeth. Like this is this is yes, like this is how they are. How I look when I talk and stuff. I um, love that. And so that was even hard for me to do. I still did it, um, but yeah, I don't know. And I've thought about. Botox. I mean, I'm nearly 37. I'm getting some like forehead wrinkles and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, I think it would be very hard for me because of exactly what you said, Kaylee. Like, I also have a very expressive face when I talk and I would feel so weird not being able to, to do that, I think. Yeah. 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 But I'll still never say never. Like, maybe I... Sure. Want to. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I'll say, and I imagine this will be kind of a topic we we, we 
we revisit <laughs> now and again. Um, <clears throat> God, I think being on our phones, even being in like fucking remote work world and just staring at yourself day in and day out. I have always nitpicked like myself, picked out things I don't like, not even in comparison to other people, but just like this could be better, <laughs> you know, constant state of self-improvement. Um, I hate my teeth. So I like there was a season where I was looking at veneers and which is just the most invasive, irreversible, like you can't go back, which is the only reason why I've never explored that cost aside. Um, and it's only in the last like six months that I've started to just like embrace like, sure, my smile doesn't look like everybody else, but it's mine. I got it for my dad. And once you start thinking about it like that, you're like, I'm not getting rid of this. Like, this is my dad. Right. Like, I see my dad in me. Um, and I just, I want folks, especially women and especially younger women to like learn those, to talk like that, like embrace the things that don't align with societal beauty standards because it's you, you know? Um, yeah. I just don't know. I think we get those negative messages. Yeah. From people being like, oh, you should fix this or you should fix that or you'd be prettier. Or look how X. easy it is to do this. Mm-hmm. It's only X, Y, Z to prevent. Mm-hmm. Well, it also doesn't help that. I feel like in the 90s, with with teeth specifically, in the 90s and even early 2000s, it's like people had normal teeth. Now every single celebrity has veneers. So that is truly all we see when we watch TV and movies. So... Yeah, like, why wouldn't you start to want that? And that mm-hmm. makes me nervous for, like, kids my sister's age, you know, teenagers mm-hmm. and, and people growing up with, like, this is the stuff they're watching all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I saw an old lady at the post office a couple days ago, and she, I mean, she just aged like a normal human being. And I was like, respect. Like, you look like your age. Like, it's kind of nice to see. I feel like that's almost the anomaly these days because everybody is tweaking and perfecting. And so to see a real face that's, you know, 75 years old, it's like, wow, that's kind of nice. It's, it's very humanity. It's very like human, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to look the way you naturally do as time passes. Yeah. It's a measure of time, if nothing else, which is also kind of nice. Women aging naturally, like, can be super fucking hot. Like Connie Britton. <laughs> yes. Like, Connie Britton. I mean, I don't know Ooh. if she's had anything done, but like, she seems like she is letting that happen pretty naturally. And she's like still fucking smoking hot. And Alicia I can think, yeah, Keys. Juliana Margulies. Alicia Keys. Oh, that's one. Yes. Alicia Keys. Yes. She stopped wearing makeup. And I'm like, you she go, did. girl. You look fucking incredible. Yes. Yes. Um, the courage. another one, too. That was top of Ju- mind. Who's the... um? Julianne Moore, redhead. Yes. Right? Yeah. She's I don't know that. You I think? don't know that she's not had anything done. Okay. Maybe I have a bad radar. Mm. What are we counting? Or maybe everything? I'm just like now into older women, and so I'm just like. <laughs> 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 yeah. <sighs> okay. So, anyways, we've done that topic. So let's move on. Um, let's see here. So, what have we learned lately, and what questions does it raise? I saw this one on Twitter, so I'm going to throw it out there first because it kind of ties into the golden retriever energy. I think in a way it's adjacent. Hmm, interesting. And the quote, the quote was, if you're not actively engaged in helping people get smarter in some way, you can't complain when they aren't, when they are not. So what do you think about this? 
I don't agree with that at all. I'm not responsible for anybody's shit. Are you kidding me? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. If you want to be dumb, that's on you. I don't know. Yes. Yes. I don't think it's other people's responsibilities to want other people to improve. You have to want it for yourself. And I think that's the simplest version of my answer to this. It's just like, if you want to be smarter or if you want people around you to be smarter and they're not, it's not your job to do that for them. That seems like a bad message. The only caveat is more through the lens of hypocrisy. Like if you're not trying to improve your own life or you're not trying to be smarter, don't comment on anybody else. But like Mm -hmm. if you're owning your own shit and even trying to level up the people around you, it can be pretty annoying when other people aren't doing that. Yes. And cause friction. But then again, it's that's on you for you to evaluate. Well, maybe I need different friends or maybe I need a different partner or maybe I should spend less time trying to talk to my family who I absolutely disagree with on important topics. So I have a question to like a uh, layer deeper. <clears throat> Obviously, yeah. the the quote is um, actively engaged in helping people get smarter. If we're thinking about it through the lens of like doing the work, therapy, mm-hmm. self-reflection, journaling, whatever that means to you, I think that's big right now in our generation and younger what do you think about this quote if I was to replace get smarter with like doing the work or opening their third eye or whatever you would say there? Even that I disagree with because they they have to want to do that work. Even if it's like very hard and painful. I mean, I guess it depends on what you mean by like, what do you mean by actively engaged? Like I will support somebody who I I guess yeah, yeah like you I'll can't, like, support do that them for other people. or be like, this is what helps me or what I think could help you. But I don't I just don't think you can be that actively engaged in that for somebody else. Like, I think yeah. they have to really want it. Probably even less, though, than helping people get smarter. Definitely mm-hmm. a solo journey. It's very frustrating, though. <laughs> and that's again, that's something personally that I've struggled with of like. I'm frustrated. Let me fix you or let me, I'm going to make you better. It doesn't work. Or let me slow down my progress to compensate for your lack of progress. Right. It doesn't work. Absolutely not. Only resentment is from that. That's fiction. You have to want it for yourself. You cannot make anybody do anything else that they don't want to do for themselves. And I think we hear that message, but like we also see like, oh, like, I can fix this person. Like I can make you better. I can, I can bring you up with me. Like I can pull you along. And it's like, no, you can't. No, you can't. You absolutely can't. Very strong feelings on this. Agree. Okay. Wonderful. We all agree. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Um, let's see. Okay. So another one, same thread, different topic. Um, what are our thoughts on this interesting tweet from Interintellect? We always pull them into our conversation. Shout out Interintellect. So oh, they have so many good prompts. But the question was, can love be truly unconditional or are all forms of love bound by conditions and expectations? What do we think? I have an answer. I can go first if y'all need some time. I think... Love can be unconditional. I think relationships are what are bound by conditions and expectations. That is an apt observation. I like that. Like they're two different things mm-hmm. to me. Say more. Um, I don't know. Like I like my dog. I love my dog. 
that love is unconditional. I will always love my dog, but I am not in like a relationship with my dog. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> right. So it's like, there's nothing my dog can do. Cause it's just like a simple, like, that's just how I feel about my dog. Right. My marriage or my friendships, like those are actual relationships with expectations mm-hmm. and responsibilities. Yeah. And I think, right. Like maybe the love is not, or maybe the love is simple and unconditional, but the conditions of the relationship like that, I think can be what is conditional and yeah. uh, Yeah. Bound by love is just one input into a relationship. Yeah. You also have to have respect, trust, fidelity. If it's a marriage, like I can love somebody, they can still not be right for me uh, because they don't fit or meet the really like expectations of a relationship or they're not good for me or whatever. So yeah, that's a really good way of breaking it out. And that love doesn't necessarily, like, even if the relationship is not right for you and you go your separate ways, like, that doesn't mean that the love necessarily goes away. Like, I I do feel like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's, it can be unconditional, even if it changes a little bit. Yes. I think the only pure form, like you said, is like parent to child. And it doesn't have to be biological. I think it's just very pure of like, we are bound. We are bound together. Every other relationship in your life, your parents, you don't choose. You're just born to them. Your friends, your spouse, those people you all choose. That is your option to keep choosing them every day. But parent to child, parent to pet, owner to pet, whatever you want to call it, those are pretty solid. And what's really sad to me is that sometimes even those are conditional. I was going to say, it's it's not always Even those are conditional. In theory, that should be the most pure form of like, you are part of me. I created you. Um, like, you, this is unfuckwithable, basically. <clears throat> so I've actually heard the opposite that like blood, family, siblings, parents, children, like both directions, again, theoretically, or in most cases, are pretty built in. They're innate. But your spouse and your friends, but definitely your spouse because of just like the level that you, that you spend time with them. That is unconditional because you're because you're choosing it like you're choosing now like day after day to like keep them in your life and confide in them and trust them. And like that's actually the more the bigger rock to move or the bigger commitment to make because everything else, again, in theory, is kind of built in to the relationship already or you grow up with it or you you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. choose it. Now, I, I do. I don't believe always that blood is thicker than water. I'm not somebody that believes that family like deserves anything because they're family. Uh, personal experience, observed experience. So it's not that like because somebody is blood related, they are, you know, you love them unconditionally. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. But it's they just don't get like, a pass. It's just a different type of love. Like it's just a different experience. Usually you grow up with it in some way, shape, or form, or you, you know, you have a child that comes out of you and you're like, holy shit. Um <clears throat> But yeah, I've I've actually heard the opposite. So interesting. I, don't know. I see both sides. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, okay, so what are we reading, watching, loving right now? I started How I Met Your Mother. I want you guys to stop talking about it until I'm caught up. I'm Where on are you? Episode three. I'm on episode three. All oh right. Oh my god, you got to get season moving. one. 
Look, dude. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm closing in on the end of season two. There are so many things. I'm going to have oh, to Oh, shit. Start. I'm in season four, bitches. I'm going to have oh to start another thread with just me and Allie because- I was going to say, because What's-Her-Face just got booted off Shelter Island. No. I was like, get the <laughs> out of here. I hate her so much. <sighs> Oh my gosh. You'll um, you'll know. You'll know. You'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> I have so many things that I keep wanting to text because Allie will know what I'm talking about. Just I'm text like, me. Kaylee. Just so text far her behind. directly. Just leave me out of it. Well, Just leave me out. All right. Okay. I yeah. <laughs> She's so okay. Mad. I wanna I wanna talk so bad, but I won't. <laughs> Is it gonna give something <laughs> so away? So many cigarettes. Is it gonna give something <laughs> away? Oh wait, 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 wait. Hang on. My hair is caught in my ears. <laughs> in your ears? Is it in I your mean, ears? I mean, in my... In my oh. <laughs> y'all, we have... It looks like your literal inside of your ear just fell out because of the color of that. What? Did you get flushed? Who buys skin-colored ear pods? I bought... They're not skin-colored, and they're the same color as my original Simple Modern Cup. So, excuse okay. me for trying to match. We like, we like to palleted, girly. Palleted? Yeah. Is that an adjective? Yeah, I think so. What? No. What was the question? Somebody was trying to ask me. What are? What do you need to say? Say it. She'll figure it out. She'll get to that point. No, I can't. I don't. (laughs) She's (sighs) flipping to the listener. Kaylee is flipping me off right now. Double time. This is. (laughs) We need to put an Um, e next to this episode. I will say I just got to, um, the reveal of why Robin hates malls. And no! that shit. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't say that. I know. It's anyway. Okay, just keep going. Great. I hate this podcast. I quit. The uh, the one with um the Degrassi guy just came on with the the sandcastles in the sand. Wait, I don't remember. Not Degra- don't- Degrassi. Yes, I don't know her other. Vi- the, oh yes. Okay. <laughs> I literally okay Kaylee put in our agenda I started him and now everybody shut up about it and we're doing the opposite of shutting up about it <laughs> I know I said shut up about it don't ruin this for All me right. um, who the fuck watched American Nightmare me why let me just let me just bring us down why hundred thousand trailer notches. alone freaks me out why I didn't know what I was getting into I'm not a true crime person Netflix shows you the trailer sometimes without even in. asking all I'm going to say is probably don't watch it. It's It wrecked me. It was not what I expected. And it was really tough to watch. What is like, I mean, it's a good story, but it's freaking tough. What is the... I can't say anything because I don't... It's true crime. That's all you can it's give about, me? I, it's about two people who get kidnapped. True, That's all I'm like going to say. True crime documentaries have just really become so cavalier. Like really? Just, yeah. I feel like even yeah. five years ago when they started coming out, it was like just a normal documentary where it was like, whoa, this is intense. But like now, I don't know if it's just like the fictional representations or if it's just like how much of like the interview footage and stuff that they show. Just like, dude, I don't I I don't want to see this. Yeah, I was I sobbing by the end. It was oh, God. sobbing because it was sad or sobbing because you were like scared and like uh both. Both. It was just brutal. Oh, I don't God. want to give anything away in case okay. there are people who are like, oh, I love true crime. But yeah, Ooh, I was going to watch rough. it, but maybe I shouldn't. Maybe don't. Okay. Unless you have a strong stomach. Um, I'm also going to start the new feud on FX about Capote and the Swans because I read a book about it. Uh, I think by the same name, 
which was really good. Um, and I need an audiobook recommendation. So if you have one, please give it to me. Something that's easy to read and delightful, perhaps, because I just watched something horrible last night and I need to reset my brain. So get back to me on that one. I'm done now. I'm going to drink this tiny Dr. <laughs> Pepper and let those images just flow in my brain. Um, We're watching. We're watching him. Yeah, like just on and off. But we started. Mass- really? I hadn't heard. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, started Masters of the Air. I don't know if you guys have seen What's it. What's that? It's a show. It's based off a book about the uh, Air Force and when they joined rank. And I don't know if they joined forces with the World Royal Air Force when they were in World War II. Uh, so fighting and bombing Nazi Germany. I think it's a fictional representation of just like the general war, but it's really interesting. Austin Butler's in it. Uh, the guy from Saltburn is in it. And um, Jacob Elordi? No, the, the, tall the one? short one. Very, okay. very something other. Um, and then the guy who is now dating Dua Lipa, Callum, Callum something other is in it. It's pretty good. Okay. Apple TV. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Callum right. Turner. Crystal, what about you? Mm, I Mine is a song today. It's not a TV okay. show. Surprise, surprise. Uh, though I would say I am also rewatching How I Met Your Mother and highly recommend. <laughs> Kaylee, did you know that? I don't think I hadn't heard. you. Okay, good. Tell me Whoa. 13 or 14 more times. Why don't you? <laughs> oh, God damn it. Oh. Um, <laughs> so mine is a song, which is uh, the G Flips remake of Cruel Summer, which is a Taylor Swift song. Um, and it's so good. It's like a little bit more, um, I don't know, grungy, punk, rocky. I don't know what you want to call G-Flip. But yeah, I I like it a lot. And I used to not, I like a couple of G-Flip songs, but this one I'm like, okay, maybe I'm into G-Flip now. Do y'all know who G-Flip okay. is? Yeah. You do. It, Spotify prompted this song for me, like within the app. So I've heard it as well. It's okay. good. Yeah. Okay. It's a very different version. It's a very different version. Yes. From Taylor's version. So Allie G Flip is, I don't know, drummer, singer. I don't really know a ton of her music, but I know her because if you've ever watched uh, Selling Sunset on Netflix, um, she started dating one of the main characters, Chriselle. Chriselle used to be married to the cutie actor guy from um, This Is Us. The brother, um, oh, Justin Hartley, I think is his real yes. name. Um, but now she's with G Flip. They're married. Okay. Um, so yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Respect. Respect. Um, wow. But yeah, she's. I like. I like some of her songs. Okay. It's a good one. Um. Okay. So lightning round with two to three fun questions. First one: Did your grade school do Valentine's Day parties where you got to make a little Valentine's Day box and everyone? on Valentine's Day, you had a little party and they put their Valentine's yes. in the box. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and did you like so it? Bad. And did you like it? I loved oh, it. Yeah. Loved it. So fun. Yeah. Tell me what your box looked like. <clears throat> if Ooh. you can recall. I think it was, would have been different every year because we would make the boxes, right? Yeah. Like, yes. But do you have like a standout, like, Oh, I loved this Valentine's Day box. I don't I really don't think I ever any. did like a theme. I think I just said like red construction paper with hearts. Y'all, I did foil one year and I was like, <laughs> innovation <laughs> oh, God. i covered my box in foil and i was like the future is here 
Classic Aquarius. She probably just looks shitty as hell. <laughs> Man, I <laughs> wish like, there lunch that. in there. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think they do that anymore. Austin, I know. I don't have to ask do. Austin. Because people get left out and then their feelings get hurt and that's unacceptable. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. But like when we did it, everybody brought Valentine's. It was you just, just what you did. You, yeah. You at least have one for everybody. Maybe you do like a little bit yeah. extra if you have a crush on somebody. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I think ours was even like you had to bring enough for everybody. You had to. Yeah. yeah. That was the rule. Which is difficult for, and you know, it's that stuff's expensive now. I get it. That's like another strain on parents who maybe don't have the resources for that. So maybe it's for the best, but it was a pleasant memory from the past. Yeah, um, I miss it. I do too. That was so lovely. Um, what are five topics you can speak about with no planning for at least five minutes? Krista, you go first. <laughs> um, me? I did. Kaylee did. I saw it on Twitter. I stole it. I feel like I have, shockingly, for someone who hates public speaking, I do think I have a lot of these. I could talk for five minutes with no planning about Taylor Swift, obviously. Um, How I Met Your Mother, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I got the thumbs up emoji on my screen. Um, (laughs) Taylor Swift, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, The best types of Diet Coke. The... (laughs) Mm. Best, what makes the best burger? Um, and what would my last one be? Probably, I'm going to go with like SEO. I could very easily <laughs> take that five minutes with yeah. SEO. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> very true. Allie, you go next because I'm furiously scribbling. This is hard. Um, probably like how to eat gluten-free and how to eat mm, out, out gluten-free. Um, new girl. Mm, how to run a business? Start and run a business. Um, volleyball. Volleyball. Hmm. I almost coached volleyball at Austin School, but I didn't have the bandwidth. Oh, interesting. Shit. Uh, I don't know, guys. What would you? I don't know. Give us one more. One more. Trying to think of what else comes to mind. That's like me. I don't know. Books. (laughs) Oh, romance. Smut. Nice. Good one. My, My first one was a book recommendation category too. And it's like weird, disturbing books about women by women. Like, if you want to read a book and be like, what the fuck was that? I got you covered. I got you covered for years. I can give you so many book recommendations on that. Also, pushes up glasses. Um, The challenges of AI writing tools, because I've written so many posts about this and talked about it on camera for a lot of time. So definitely ask me about that. Um, The Office seasons one through four exclusively because those are the ones I've rewatched the most. Um, The best perfumes. I'm very smell oriented. So ask me about my favorite perfumes and superposition from the realm of quantum mechanics. I would love to discuss that at length. Do I know physics or math? No, I don't. Who are you? But I'm very interested in it. But you can talk about superposition for five minutes. I can. What is superposition? So it's the thing where 
basically it, it talks about entanglement, about how, how particles at the quantum level can become entangled, how they interact with each other, even at a really far distance. Einstein called it a spooky distance. Um, but I'm going to stop there. It's basically just about how nothing makes sense at the quantum level, but everything's very intertwined. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I thought you were going to say superposition like a sex position. I was like, tell us Definitely more. not. <laughs> Definitely not. This is very much science-oriented, not weird. How did you get into that? I just really like it. And so I want to go to bed at night. I watch YouTube documentaries. So I go to YouTube University. But then I also took a tour of the Particle Collider up in Chicago at Fermilab. So I took a three-hour tour of that. That was very informative. And then I read about it a lot. I get a magazine where I just read about it and try to understand and kind of fail miserably, but can talk about it for five minutes. Mostly just ask questions, though. Like, isn't this weird? I'm impressed. Thank you. So my niche talents. So, yeah, I think that's it for today. Oh, wait. we Do we have one more? What quirks do you like <laughs> about yourself? I added, wrap that, it up. <laughs> I added that after we talked about the quirks earlier. I was like, I think that's cool. I think we should talk about that. I don't yeah, know. That's a good one. I don't you know that said. I have an answer. Hmm. Allie, do you have one? I guess if we're going to reverse engineer our insecurities. Um, <laughs> Let me put this on display. I like my canines. Nice. And I've always been really subconscious about like this area under my eyes. But then I kind of like how it makes my cheeks look really round. Yeah. Um, that's cute. I don't know. I can cut this part and if it's weird. Okay. Should we just cut it? Oh, gosh. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like these little wispy things. Um, Let's okay. just cut it. No, I want to answer it, but we might need to edit it a little bit. I got to think. I think the thing that keeps coming up for me lately is that I'm, like, finally able to slip back into the eight-year-old version of myself, which I haven't been able to for a really long time. But, like, I was a really weird, dorky, like, kind of just quirky little kid. And I find myself slipping more into that as I get older because I'm just like, I just don't care anymore. I'm trying to, I'm tired of trying to be a version of myself that I think is like cool and interesting. And I'm just like, I'm just fucking weird. And that's fine. So going back to that. I like that. This is hard. Let's just, it is hard. I think I more than most, people get very obsessed with things like very obsessed. You don't with say like I have no middle ground. I either like don't care about something or I'm just fucking obsessed with it. And so <laughs> I do think that is like a weird quirk about me that I don't really, I don't mind. I like getting obsessed with things. So um, what are you obsessed with right now? I mean, I would potentially just go back to those five topics that I could talk about. Uh, yeah. No planning. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 I want to do mine again. Okay. okay go. go over. So I don't want it to be physical. I like data okay. and spreadsheets. Ooh, yes. Spreadsheets for fun. Yes. Like last night, I, like I was just like doing spreadsheets and like organizing things that had no urgency. I love working on like what? taxes. Well, like I, was what kind doing, of I was doing my taxes, but I don't need to do okay. my taxes right now. Like half of our W-2s aren't even ready. So 
Right. Just suits But me. it's like fun Makes for sense. you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Love like me a good Excel formula. The lookup nice. is, uh, I have a hate love relationship with that. So yeah, okay. that's mine. That's a good skill to have. It's not one I have. That's for sure. It's a good one. All right. Well, I think that's it for today. It's been a weird yep. ride today, but we did it. <laughs> Thanks so. for joining Cheers. us, everybody. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.